Welcome, everybody, to the Seattle Sports Union Podcast. My name is Abraham DeWeese. Back once again, we're doing a special episode today. We have some very special guest stars from across the ocean, from across the Atlantic. These guys are very proud Swansea supporters, and their love for their team is titanic. I want to introduce you guys to Luke Davies, Lee Stadden, and back once again with us on our show is our host, our master, and our friend... Brian Solak, then we got Rich Michelson, our soccer expert with us today. Take it away, guys. Right on. How are you guys doing? Hi, thanks for having us. Uh, really, really happy to be yeah, here. Yeah, good, thanks. Thank you. Thank you for having us as well. It's a pleasure to meet you guys, and we're excited to get to talk to you here. So um, before we get started about talking about, you know, our topic for tonight, What's it like living where you're at in Swansea? I mean, tell us our our listeners a little bit about Swansea. And um, well, at the moment it's very very cold, but I think it sounds like it's the same where you guys are. Um, but yeah, it's a it's it's a city in obviously the UK in Wales. Um, it's not one of the biggest ones. It's one of the biggest in Wales, but not really in the UK. And around the area there's a lot of sort of rural areas we've got a nice coastline uh, we are a city on the coast and we've got um an area near us called the Gower peninsula which is very rural sort of countryside area which it's just a nice sort of balance in in this sort of location okay okay um i was re- just reading up a little bit earlier and i also i did subscribe to you guys's youtube channel which we can talk about later and what i watched i was very impressed so Nice job to you guys on that. Um, you guys you guys play in a, is it Liberty Stadium? Is that where your team plays? Or do you guys travel? Yeah, that? that's it. So it's, um, yeah, sorry. So it's, um, yeah, it's quite, uh, it's, it's, it's relatively new. I mean, uh, we, we used to have a really, really old sort of old-fashioned uh, stadium right in the middle of the city centre where you had to sort of navigate between uh, small streets just to just to get into the stadium, um, but now we've sort of expanded and we've got this uh, new twenty thousand seater stadium which we've had for oh I want to say about coming up to 15, 15 years now I think. Um, so yeah, it's, it's it's great. It's a it's a it's a it's a long way from where we where we started. Okay, do you guys does it fill up every game? Does it get pretty loud too? Not at the moment. When we were in the yeah. Premier League, yes, it would fill up. Um, 95% of the time since we've come back down to the the second tier if you like the championship I want to say average is about 15 Lee would you say 15,000 yeah I'd say about yeah, that's about fair about 15,000 a game yeah it obviously depends on your position though if you're playing Cardiff yeah. then it will sell out <laughs> when, when, <laughs> when COVID hit did you guys did they tell the fans not to come or did you guys have certain restrictions there yeah, so it's a funny story. Actually, I was actually um, we had Middlesbrough away, so um, I've got some friends that live close to Middlesbrough, which is north of England. So it's quite a far, it's quite a far travel. So it's about six hours, seven hours in the car, maybe. Um, and the weekend where they actually cancelled all the sport, uh, we were about halfway uh, to Middlesbrough going to watch the game, uh, where they just shut everything down. Um, oh, wow. And yeah, we have we haven't. We haven't been to a game since, so we just we we just can't wait to get back. Yeah, there imagine. was a period. There was a period like our lockdown finished, um, sort of. Oh, 
<laughs> our lockdown finished sort of, <laughs> and started they started allowing some teams to have fans back but not in Wales some of the clubs in England were allowed but that only lasted a couple of weeks and then it went back into um, yeah no fans okay okay Rich I know you're interested to take over here go ahead and... um, you know I was just looking at some some population statistics I mean it you know obviously Swansea is a is certainly an, uh, an urban and uh, center, but I'm, I'm looking like the metropolitan area is only about 400,000 or so people. Is that does that sound about right? Uh, yeah, if you include the wider areas outside and maybe some of the smaller towns that might be local, like Neath, mm-hmm. uh, Port Talbot sort of region. Um, okay. Something you can compare it to if you want a direct comparison. If you add like the population of Swansea and Neath, Port Talbot together, you're quite similar to the population of the country of Iceland. So, so that's a small country. <laughs> <laughs> sure. sure. I actually sure. did a geography degree, so I'm just getting some little bits of uh, stuff I learned in there. That sounds great. I was going <laughs> to say that uh, just for our local listeners, that's about uh, pretty pretty similar to about the the population of like the the Tri Cities area in eastern Washington, as well as the the city of Spokane combined. So, um, it's it's impressive to me actually that you're able to draw fifteen thousand fans. A game, and I mean, you have you have a pretty robust schedule over well, over forty matches in a normal uh, championship year. Is that right? Yeah, forty-four in a championship. Go on, forty-four. Okay. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, so yeah, um, yeah, forty-four matches in the championship. Plus, obviously, we've got the um, the cup competitions, which I know we'll come on to to later. So yeah, actually, when you when when you put it like that, I'm quite uh, surprised myself that we do manage to draw that that crowd. I mean, um, you know, we have a pretty, a, a pretty uh, dedicated base as well um, in, in Seattle, but the, the number of matches is is far far fewer, and um, I mean, we have a, a probably like a, a three to four times bigger metropolitan area to, to draw on for just you know the one the one soccer team. So, um, I'm I'm very <laughs> I'm very impressed. I'm I'm glad that Jordan Morris is gonna. Uh, you know, come to an area where where, where fans are dedicated, and uh, you know, from from everything I've read, very supportive. Yeah. So with the matches as well, um, obviously, Morris did play in the FA Cup. So we have met FA Cup, and there's also another cup called the League Cup, and they'll sort of be in between um, league fixtures. So the League Cup will be the early half of the season, the FA Cup the second half, really, and. Um, yeah. So the fixture list is just even more full over the course of the season. Right. Um, I was I was curious. Um, I mean, I watched I've watched a lot since since Jordan Morris got loaned. I've tried to watch every Swansea match. If I haven't caught them, I've uh, I've tried to watch extended highlights as much as I can. More than the the two minute clips that just show goals, especially when yeah. you're playing against Man City. Um, <laughs> So your your uh, your fans obviously know this, but I'll, I'll I'll educate a little bit. I'll I'll step into my expert thing. So so Manchester City is is in Manchester, um, UK in England. Um, Manchester is the second largest city in in England uh, by far, and and Manchester City is probably one of the top four clubs in England. Does that is is that sound right? Yeah, in recent times they are consistently yeah. up the top. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they have a, a star-studded cast with an incredibly large budget. 
I'll make the comparison that their their budget for for salary is uh, similar to what the New York Yankees put out in baseball in America. And um, I'm I'm sorry to do this, but uh, your your budget there is is probably more like what the Tampa Tampa Bay yeah. Devil Rays put out. You know, maybe <laughs> a tenth or a twentieth of the of the budget. Yeah, our budget um, is, yeah. Uh, is a talking point. <laughs> <laughs> sure, yeah, sure. Yeah. So, point that one. You know, in Major League Soccer, all the teams have similar budgets. Uh, where we we have a salary minimum, we have a salary cap, and of course, there's a few um, nefarious ways you can maneuver around that and break the rules within the rules. It's within the salary cap budget to go to go outside of that. But for the most part, most teams are within the same salary bands what's it like as a fan um especially when you're say up in the premiership where you have you know the budget you have and you have teams like arsenal and chelsea and manchester united and manchester city liverpool who are just blowing you out of the water with a you know 10 times the budget what's, what's that like as a fan what's that like um as a, a fan base yes uh it's 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 quite hard sometimes because i think when uh, when you first uh, get in into that level of uh, of competition, I mean, for us as as we've said before, as a small city and a small club, I mean, to get to that level, just to be able to to play these teams, is just such a privilege. Just to think that twice a year we're gonna, you know, we're gonna play Liverpool, we're gonna play Man City, we're gonna play, we're gonna play Arsenal. That that's just great. And then after a few years, you, you sort of see that the league is divided into like two halves, if you like where the the top end of the league is where they proper compete for the championship and then um the bottom half is just a fight just to stay in there so i think you, you sort of learn quickly that you, you know your place in the league um and you, you just got to enjoy it while while you can while you're there and just enjoy playing these teams yeah i think um it's different now as well compared to when we went up the first time um, what was that, 2011-12 season? Yeah. We had come over a period of time from nearly falling out of the Football League, so we were in League Two, and very close to dropping out below that, which is below professional standard of football. Um, and we went on a bit of a journey over a couple of years, got to the Championship, we spent three years there, where we spent two years just outside the playoffs, finally got in there and we won that match and for us to get there it was such a massive thing at that time because we were sort of seen as little old Swansea if you like because then we had like seven consecutive seasons in the Premier League the expectations and even within the fan base then we, we don't really consider ourselves as little old Swansea or see that way now we, there's a little bit of a different expectation not like massive but um, people get disappointed at stuff they wouldn't necessarily get disappointed at before if if that's a good way to put it, Lee, do you think? Yeah, I think we mentioned we sort of touched on it earlier, didn't we? We said about um, about plastic fans, as we call them. Yeah. That obviously, when we get when you get to the top level, you obviously gain uh, a lot more following from you know from fans, and you, you you'll have fans that have only ever experienced us at the top level. So that's where the expectation is set. Then, so then when we've actually come back down to the championship now. Um, whereas obviously me and Luke have watched watched the Swans for for many years, um, and we sort of accept that that is probably our level. There are a large portion of the fan base now that expect us to to be doing a lot better. 
I got a question I got to ask. Did you guys know when Jordan Morris was lo- coming to your city? I mean, did they announce it or was it a surprise that he was coming? Um, <clears throat> there's rumors going around, I think. I think what happened is, I'm not sure what the exact rules are, but obviously with everything with COVID at the moment, there's um for him to travel and then be involved with the squad, he's got to have a period maybe of isolation. So I think maybe the we didn't hear nothing from the club because they never say nothing until... Uh, the media asks them or until they announce it themselves, try and keep everything as hush-hush until something is there to be announced. But the media picked up on something and they started saying we're interested and there's links. Obviously, we've got American owners, so it's a good one to even follow through on, even if it is a little bit of a rumour. Um, and and they went in with a time frame then of maybe if there was an isolation period from when the rumour sort of came out, to when we were expecting an announcement. So we kind of knew about it at the start of January that it was quite possible going to happen. We had a couple of lone players that we had in our club recalled to their home club. So basically we borrowed them and they, they asked for them back essentially. Um, so we had definitely had, we knew we were going to try and get some more lone players in because that's how we're operating at the moment. So um, as soon as we saw the rumor, it looked realistic. And yeah, I think we kind of expected it by the time it was announced. Right on. Can you guy? When do you guys explain to the plastic fans like myself what is a loan? Shall I? Shall I take this one, Luke? Yeah, go for it. Yeah. So um, Luke's touched on it there. I mean, a loan is essentially essentially a borrow. So um, it, it, you tend to find that it happens with you know the, the bigger clubs that you mentioned, like Liverpool and Man City and Arsenal. They have just a, like a massive. Uh, a massive team so they'll have a lot of younger players as well that are not uh, getting into their starting team so they'll want the, those young players to have some game time so they'll uh, essentially borrow those players to um, clubs in the lower divisions like like ourselves um, and we will we'll cover their their salary for the for the for the agreed period so for example we've got um, uh, a player called Mark Guehi on loan from Chelsea, so he's a young player. He's only only 20 years old. They obviously want him to get the experience, get the game time. So we've obviously agreed to pay uh, all of his salary, uh, or or potentially a percentage of his salary until the end of this season. And then at which point he will go back to Chelsea, then and they'll decide what what they want to do. So yeah, a loan is just essentially where we're borrowing players, and it works in it works um, in favour of both parties really because. Um, Chelsea, for example, will get um, some salary off their um, salary cap, if you like, or just off their wage books. Um, and we're, we're, we're picking up a great player for a short period of time without having to pay a massive sort of transfer fee um, in the process. Okay, right on. Is he going to play the – how long – have they decided how long Morris is going to play with you guys? Just curious. Um, so currently it's until the end of this season, so May, roughly. Uh, you know, could change with with anything if if sport gets stopped or something. But um, I'm not sure when the MLS starts off uh, starts back up. So I don't know if it's in line with that. But um, there was an, a fee agreed. I'm not sure what the fee is, but we have the option to buy him after the season ends if we want to keep him. So if he, you know, plays well and we like the look of him, they've already discussed a transfer. If we want to go through with it, we can say no, and then he can go back. So it's kind of like a try before you buy in this instance, which is a little bit different from the loan that Lee just described. That's obviously um, one yeah. for a young player that a lot of clubs in in our country um, 
would use that system to develop young players. This is another option of how you can use a loan system. Um, and you see it quite often with MLS clubs that players go on loan in January for the rest of the Premier League or Championship season. And it's kind of for them getting game time when when the football's off as well. Um, I want to say, did Thierry Henry back, back um, a, a while ago have that sort of same loan? as well when he went back to Arsenal for half a season as an example. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Rich, when does MLS start? They brought that um, up. I was curious. Yeah. It, so it was originally scheduled to be March like the 4th, but um, there's been some uh, labor disputes between the, the players union and a management. And so that actually pushed back the start of the season uh, until April, actually like April the 17th. Um, which kind of changes the calculus a little bit on whether or not Jordan Morris would have a chance if if things don't work out with Swansea, would have a chance of, of, of coming back to the Sounders and contributing. Um, my guess is that both the player and Swansea hope that this works out um, in a positive thing. I mean, what's your what's your view, guys? Yeah, I, th- I think I agree. Um, we obviously can't use loans all of the time as much as we've said that they are a good thing comes to the point where you've got to have there is a limit involved in how many you can have and we do utilize it quite a lot at the moment and then you have people expiring in our team their contracts expire in the summer so it's in our interest as well that we do sometimes need to get new players in that we own so um we're in a good position in the league so i think if he does impress for us you know especially if we did manage to secure a good position and and end up going up as a result we'll have a lot of money which eases the pressure then we didn't have to pay now but we can pay them because we can um so i'm guessing that is why this arrangement's happened and they definitely would like to make it permanent um yeah here's a i think before i know we're going to maybe talk about this a little bit more in a second um i think there's two reasons maybe that they've looked at this sort of transfer one is because you know he is definitely shown he's he's a good player and I've seen that he's pushed for a move to Europe in the past and the clubs have been after him. And number two is there's definitely obviously is the link with the American owners and it is in their interests because they've always spoke about since they've come in as investors, one of the things they want to do is make us sustainable as a club with our finances. And one of the ways to do that is to increase the commerciality. So if they've got an American player playing for our club, it allows them to sell our club in America a little bit more. So maybe generates a little bit more money that way as well. So I think there's two main reasons for it. And I think it works well for all parties. And he's been quite exciting so far. So it's positive. I guess I, I have a question for you about just where he fits in the squad. I, you know, I've watched a few matches. I've been really impressed with the, the, the two forwards that you have. Um, uh, Jamal Lowe and Andre Ayu. They seem to have kind of a yep. peanut butter and jelly, uh, a salt and pepper kind of co- collaboration. They're very different players. Why don't you just talk about your current forwards and attack and then where you think maybe Jordan Morris could fit in? Yeah, I think um, at the moment, uh, the, the coach that we have, uh, I, I know you. Um, the term that you use is head coach, isn't it? But we say, we say manager. Um, so the, the the manager that we have at the moment, um, 
probably has a, a reputation of not changing things too much. So the the starting eleven doesn't actually change all that much, even during games. He doesn't like to make the substitutions. But yeah, as you said, the um, the front two that we have at the moment in Low and Ayu have been working brilliantly. But um, as we've we talked about as well, the, the schedule is very tight at the moment, and especially in in February, um, we've had obviously we've had our game cancelled today. So there's quickly um, becoming games just really tight together. So we've got a game on on Wednesday night and then Saturday afternoon and then Wednesday and Saturday afternoon for probably about seven or eight weeks now. So there's definitely an opportunity for uh, rotation in the squad. And I think a lot of people were a lot of a lot of people in the fan base were asking for Jordan Morris to start um, today if the game wasn't cancelled. So I think definitely in the next uh, couple of weeks, we're going to see that rotation. And uh, I think we're going to see maybe Jamal Lowe drop out because I think they're quite similar in their styles. They're sort of um, fast uh, players that look to get behind the defence. And I think we're going to see a lot more of Jordan Morris in the next couple of weeks. Um, I don't know what you think about that, Luke. Yeah, I agree. I think he definitely showed good signs when he started against Man City. It's just really unfortunate. The team who he started against we were never going to have as much of the ball to see what he can do. But we did have some chances on the break and um, and he looked lively. Um, he also should have won a penalty already when he came on as a sub in the in the game before because, again, of his pace and getting in behind. So he's definitely made an impact when he's been here in a short space of time. And for fans to be asking for him to start, you, know, that you can't really ask for more at this point. And I would agree it's probably Jamal Lowe that would drop out. Um, although I did say that it would be him and AU that started against Man City and it was him and Lowe and I wasn't expecting to see that partnership with the two being so similar but you know it works okay to be fair so it looks like he can play with you know different types of players as well which is good going forward and I think something that Lee did mention was with Morris coming in and he's able to play on the wing and Ariola, who obviously we'll talk about as well but um, it allows us to play a different system we've been a little bit limited with um wide players this season um, up until this point. But if you felt the need at any point now to change it, if we're behind or the team that we're up against, everyone is expecting us to play now with the formation we've played for a while. So he's just got that up his up his sleeve. If he wants to change it and spring a surprise, then we could play Morris on the wing as well. I got a quick, hopefully it's a quick two-part question for you guys. Um, the only reason I say it is because it's coming from me, but... Uh, you guys played Manchester City the other night. I, I know you lost three to one, but were, were there a lot of positives coming out of that game? And then part two is: Can you tell me and tell our listeners what is the FA Cup all about? Okay, I'll I'll do part one, Lee. You can do part two because I think you'll probably give a better answer for that. But um, in terms of the game okay. against Man City, I think there was positives. Because you've got to remember um, the gulf between the two sides. Like you go into cup matches are a little bit weird because it's a knockout competition, not a league. So sometimes teams change the way they play just to focus on scoring because you just need to win. Um, a draw goes into extra time and then penalties. That doesn't suit either team really because they had a big match, which they're currently playing against Tottenham Hotspur um, in their push to win the Premier League. We should have played again today in a, in a chance to secure our aspirations at the top of our league. So no one wanted it to go into extra time. So you kind of tweak how you play. Um, the first goal we conceded was unfortunate. And I think 
the three-one scoreline makes it look like we didn't play well, but we actually defended quite well. The first goal, like I said, was unfortunate, and the second two were individual errors, which um, the young players and they're going to learn from those mistakes, and they're learning against literally the best team in the league potentially in in the country. Um, so they're only going to get better as a result, and they've tested themselves against the team at the top. And you could lose by a 3-1 scoreline against the team in our league quite easily because we only lost by a 3-1 scoreline against the team that plays in the Champions League every year. You know, Pep Guardiola is sometimes considered the best manager in the world. They've got some of the best players in the world. Like, you can't really be too disappointed. It was it was a good effort. Okay. Yeah, just, just to follow on to that, I mean, um, Man City are in such hot form at the moment. I mean, they're, they're blowing away teams in the Premier League by... Uh, know you know four four one five nil they're they're doing it with ease so i mean for us in the second tier of uh, competition to to know you know lose three one i mean we've, we've made a good account of ourselves um and just to move on to the the second part of the question um the fa cup so it's is you know it's such a prestigious tournament in in um, the uk obviously you've got the league system which is arguably more important where you know that's where that's where the main sort of money comes from. But the FA Cup is just uh, so romantic, uh, if you like, that teams from the very, very bottom of the of the league system, so you could have teams that are not even professional, you know, these uh, filled with teams that have uh, got players who have jobs on the side as well as playing football are in, are in this competition. And they have so many qualifying levels before they get to round one. And then uh, from round one onwards, it's just um, they draw names out of a hat of who plays uh, which team. And I mean, for the chance for, say, just a local team um, to play the likes of Man City or Arsenal, that is that is unbelievable. And I mean, in within that as well, you've got if um, obviously they've had to cancel it this year. Uh, they used to do replays. So if, for example, Man City um, were drawn away to, say, Swansea, for example, then if that game was to be a draw, then they would have a replay match at Man City, so they would reverse the fixture. Um, and then with that, they would um, split the um, the gate receipts. So with the fans coming into the stadium in a massive stadium like Man City, um, the visiting team would have half of that, that revenue. Um, and I mean, it's just, it's just great. I mean, you see the likes of, I'm trying to think of, of recent fixtures where... Marine against Tottenham um, just a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Marine, who are a non-professional side, their their stadium again is within like a like a housing area where fans were watching from their gardens, and and Tottenham Hotspur <laughs> were there playing with awesome. all the and it's just that that's and that's just the the you know the romantic side of the FA Cup, and that's why we we buy into it so much over here, uh, especially when we were younger with Swansea being so low down the divisions, we would be watching on a on a Monday afternoon in school on the FA Cup draw, just praying that we get, you know, Man United at home or a visit to Man United or Man City or or these teams. And it's just a straight knockout competition uh, all the way through to the final, really. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's it in a nutshell. That's cool. Thank you for sharing that. I'm, I'm going to jump in here just with a little bit of history and nostalgia. I guess the ro- romanticism is that, I don't know if you, you're, you're aware, but... Um, United States has a, a similar Open Cup called the United States Open Cup, the U.S. Open Cup. And it's actually the, the world's second oldest uh, football competition, uh, you know, knockout football competition after 
of course, yours, the 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 the, yeah. the, the, the great granddaddy of them all, as it were, the, the <laughs> FA Cup. So, um, and we have a similar a similar aspect here where you have um, clubs that you know play semi-pro or even lower, just you know. Not men's league, but they're you know it's 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 a it's a, a a bunch of guys that are in their 20s and 30s running around that that play for the fun of it, and they um, start the the knockout competition um, in in the fall and get you know there's always a few slots into the U.S. Open Cup. It's a similar similar style, obviously not as robust. We don't have uh, you know I don't know 150 years quite of history. We only have about 100 at this point, so. But uh, great, great to see the tradition. It's it's one of the things I love about uh, about all sports is the the old tradition. And and, and Abe is our uh, long in the tooth uh, uh, traditionalist who who doesn't like the modern uh, analytics in, in any sport. <laughs> no, so he I don't the like US the Open analytics. Cup. I like watching the damn games. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, Swansea have never won the FA Cup, so one for us to sell yeah. for. I think you probably have to have a little bit of luck, even if you're um, one of the the biggest sides in 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 football, to win the yeah. FA Cup. I mean, I I think that it's just you you get kind of get to get lucky, you got to get hot, and uh, maybe you get a little bit of help from someone else in the draw. Yeah, exactly. The draw is massive. Really yeah, massive. I mean the the draw is the draw is big. Yeah, I mean we said about the draw. I mean, we're, like in the past in in the past couple of years, we've had sort of Premier League teams drawn out of a hat together and that works in in our favor because they sort of knock each other out and then there's a, a clearer path to uh, to later on in the in the tournament so uh, yeah I mean again that's just that's the beauty of the of the tournament uh one last question for me uh Paul Ariola is is he playing for you guys and how's he doing um, he's only he did come on against Manchester City but that was the only his first game that he was available to play Okay. Um, I would imagine he would have been on the bench again today had he had we played. He's uh, only joined up with the squad early last week, early this week. So like Monday, I think maybe he was in training for the first time. So um, early to say, really. I think he's one again. We heard about him early on in the in January, but it, it was a bit weird. It's, it kind of seemed like that wasn't going to happen, and then it was going to happen, and then it wasn't, and then all of a sudden on transfer deadline day. It happened again. Um, I don't know where really. They announced three sign-ins for our team. Uh, Ariola being one of them. Quite close to midnight, uh, they were having yeah. a bit of a joke. I had a bit of a joke about it on Twitter about everyone being like, "Oh, don't go to bed yet. We've got some more news." But um, yeah. So can't comment too much on Ariola. We saw him play as a striker against Manchester City. I know he's quite versatile. Not sure. It's still not really clear where we've sort of signed him to play. So we'll I was see. gonna. I was actually gonna ask about that because, um, just from my view, um, I've watched part, Paul Ariola. He's he's been part of the in, in the United States uh, national teams mix the last uh, four to five years, um, primarily as a as a winger, um, either you know the outside midfielder in in some sort of four four two or four two three one formation, or as a winger in the you know more classic four three three. Jordan Morris has also played as a winger for the national team as well as um, really honing his skills the last few years for Sounders as a left as a left winger. Um, and I, I'm really curious, you know, you, you alluded to this a little bit uh, with the formation you play just for our, our listeners. 
Um, it, it might be like Greek to you, but the Swansea primarily line up in a three, four, one, two. Is that is that sound right, fellas? Um, you can put different spins on it, but that is <laughs> okay. essentially what it is. Um, you could say five at the back, and you could say three five at the, at back. the back. Right, Either way, right. It doesn't matter. Yeah. So our um, our sort of um, wide defensive players, so the right back and the left back, essentially play as our wingers. Right. And then they drop back as a back five when when we haven't got the ball. Um, so we essentially don't don't play with wingers. Which so so we so we echo your curiosity really with the with the signing of wingers because it's something that we haven't played for a, for a long time. Well, I think um, Ariola can play right wing back from what I've seen. Yeah. So I think he is quite. He's going to be like he can play there. We've got a player called Connor Roberts who's come through our own system. It's homegrown for us, who kind of nailed on in that position. But he's played virtually every single game this season, uh, nearly every 90 minutes, about one or two. So we definitely need to cover for him. However, we also signed another right back. So it's difficult to say whether Ariola was there for that position, for whether we change and do op- uh, opt to play some wingers or to play striker. But I think at the same time, having him on the bench... You've just got. You could put him in a few places. Was a good option for the bench, and um, say we wanted to stay with the same system and play more attacking. I guess you could put him in the right wing back and push him up a little bit more from there. I was going to sit here and mind my own business, but yeah. I've been stewing for the last three minutes because of something that Rich <laughs> said. Look, what, what did I do this time? <laughs> you just, I, I was on my best behavior. I was sitting in the corner. I was, I was nodding my head, enjoying the nice, you know, discussion. But no, I, it makes me want to ask Lee, Luke, in, in the UK, in, in, in Wales, do you guys have this weird phenomenon that we have over here where a bunch of nerds who have never left their mom's basement just sit there playing fantasy sports? and want to just spout numbers at you. And you look at the game and you're like, are you watching this? Or are you just on your freaking phone trying to, trying to, trying to see what statistical relevance uh, of something that's completely made up in front of me going on? You know, I did, uh, do you guys have that in your, <laughs> in your got, area um, of the world? Fantasy football. We've got fantasy football. Um, and you could do it for the other sports, but the main one is probably the Premier League. But it's kind of all done before the match kicks off. And then... You change your team, you make some subs in a week, and then it's ready for the next week, game week. You don't really do anything live. Um, when the, but there is some people that do take it quite serious and <laughs> look at the stats and who's points per game and how many they score in an assistant and all that. But um, like we both play it, but we play it casually. And then I think usually what happens is we'll, for when a season starts, we're really into it. Then you have a couple of weeks where you've done really bad. And then in October... A month or two into the season, you don't look at it again. <laughs> See, I, <laughs> yeah, yeah, just, exactly. <laughs> yeah, we, we See, definitely get that. I mean, from what from what I understand, I think like the um, the NFL fantasy league is is very big in in America, and that is obviously based on a lot of statistics, isn't it? I mean, you know, yardage and everything too that, much. that goes with it. Too um, much, but yeah, but with I mean, with. Um, with football, I mean, it's, it's 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 really hard to sort of nail down points because uh, we've watched games and you think players have done they've done so well, but it's not sort of reflected in their fantasy points, if you like. So it's not it's not really a true reflection. So yeah, you definitely get those those people who think that you know these players are not very good because they're not scoring 
well in fantasy football, but they are actually doing just an unbelievable job on the pitch that doesn't get picked up by uh, by stats. Right on. Let me ask some rapid fire questions, and Rich, I'll let you finish off with your last couple of questions. Sure. Um, sure. Just want to just want to get the temperature. I just want you to to give me a give, give me a, a number on the dial. Uh, you know, give me the give me an idea of what do people in the UK think? Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. What do people in the UK think of uh, the MLS and uh, just you know the US men's national team in general? Like, is it on the rise? Is it regressed? Or maybe you don't even pay attention to it. Uh, is, is there, uh, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll let you answer that. Um, if I'm being honest, I think generally people consider it to be weaker than like the top leagues in Europe. Um, <clears throat> but I would definitely, from my opinion, say that I think it's improving and it's definitely becoming stronger. There's some big American players that have got transfers to to Europe. Um, Pulisic got the goalkeeper for Man City, is it Stefan? Um, mm-hmm. Right back exactly. for Barcelona. Obviously, we've got Jordan Morris now. And if you look at the world rankings as well, they're only just behind Wales in the world rankings. So in terms of, I know that's not MLS, but I think it's definitely becoming better. Wayne Rooney was out there recently. Obviously, England's mm-hmm. top goal scorer and, and David Beckham taking an interest as well. There's big names going there, and I definitely think it's on the rise. One of the big concerns. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Good. No, sorry. I was just. I was going to echo what, echo what Luke said. Really. I mean, um, I think the the main thing for us is that um, I, you might correct me if I'm wrong here, but I think a lot of games are on are on Saturday as well in the MLS. Is that right? Saturdays and Wednesdays. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So so what we what we tend to find is that um, like like we said previously, we've been watching the football all day now up to now. Um, we've we've been having a few drinks and then maybe we'll we'll go out on a Saturday night and with the, with with the time difference I think it's just nobody actually sort of gets get gets involved to watch the MLS um, and I think again coupled with that um, there's been a lot of players like we say Rooney and and uh, and Gerard and and these sort of players have have gone to the MLS at the end of their career so I think there is sort of a perception that um, the, the players are just going to the league for just a last minute payday. Uh, unfairly, I think, um, just you know, and that's the sort of perception at the moment. But as Luke said, I think I think it is growing, and he mentioned a few players there, uh, Pulisic, and then I think what we are missing is um, a real superstar that comes from, you know, in America or, or Canada or anywhere in North America. Um, I remember a few years back, um, you guys probably know a player called Freddie Adu. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, even like he was touted as one of the next world talents. And I mean, people in Europe now still talk about him that they remember that he was going to be the next big star. So even um, you know, obviously, he didn't go on and become the big star, but people over here still mention that. So I think if they do get a star that um, sort of rivals, you know, Neymar and uh, Ronaldo and Messi, I think it could it could absolutely just fly through the roof. So I have just a couple of other questions uh, for you. What I guess my, my big the big elephant in the room is Jordan Morris's loan to Swansea to the Swans. At the end of the day, what kind of performance does Jordan Morris need to show for your club for him to be to him to be signed and stay? Um, I think he just needs to show like. <clears throat> a good work rate, a good team ethic. Um, we're quite a 
tight knit sort of team at the moment. Like the, um, it is very tight knit, and and that's coming out to the wider community. And it feels like we had some issues the last couple of years with a little bit of discontent within the fan base, but it feels like it's coming together now, and that's based around the sort of harmony within the team. So fitting into that, um, showing he's a threat going forward because he has primarily been signed for a forward role to sort of show goal threat and to take some of the burden off the likes of Andre Ayew and Jamal Lowe. Um, primarily Ayew, who's the one that before this season was scoring all of our goals. So if he can do that and offer a different sort of outlet with his pace, I think he's definitely got a good chance of um, making it a longer longer stint too. Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah. And then and, um, I guess... I... Go ahead, please. Sorry, didn't mean to jump in. No, sorry, sorry about that. No, I was just going to uh, just just to add to that. Really, I mean, we touched on the loan market, and it's uh, something that we've had to utilise um, over, over the past couple of years, um, where we haven't got the funds to sort of buy the big players. So, as Luke said, the importance for us is um, just if you can slot into our tight knit group, um, that that's probably the main thing for us. If you fit into the system that we're trying to play, uh, then um, yeah, then it's going to work. It's going to work all, all day. Okay. I saw some positive comments from your manager um, about him after the Manchester City match. Also, uh, I guess of the four matches I think that he's been eligible for, um, he's subbed into two and started one. Is I mean, for you said for a manager who doesn't like to use subs, likes to stick with his starting 11, uh, his main starting lineup, it, it, that has to be a good sign, right? Yeah, definitely. Um there's always a big discontent when he doesn't bring a sub on. Because I think the first game Morris got brought on was like the 80th minute. And I can't remember what game it was. One of them was Rotherham, and we were calling for him for ages. Um, I yeah. think it was a home game before that. And it might have been, was it Brentford? No, what, it, it, might Brentford, Brentford. Was it? it might have been it Brentford. It might have been Brentford. That sounds, that sounds right. But we struggled in that game. I think it was that game. And if it was that one, we really struggled against Brentford. And he would have offered something different. We had a red card as well. And I actually think he was going to come on. And then we had a red card and they stopped him coming on yeah. to try and shore it up a little yeah. bit. But he would have offered like right. a counter-attack. And look, we're not criticising because we're doing really well this season. But um, a lot of the fan base does get annoyed. So to see him being the one that came on on some occasions, and yeah, he's he's obviously there for a reason, and the manager wants to see what he can do. Okay, great. So I guess one other thing I have for you, just a, a little bit of a pop quiz, a little bit of fun. Do you do you folks have any idea of how massive the United States is? Like just as geographically as the size of the United States? Where is this bit. going? From uh, <laughs> yeah. a little bit from my past. <laughs> Past the education. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a completely, yeah, sorry, it's a, no, sorry, it's a completely different world to us because obviously we said about how small the place is where we come from. So it's just like the, you know, it's just a completely different world. It's absolutely massive. And I'm a, I'm actually a big, a big follower of the NFL as well. So I do follow mm. that quite a lot. Okay. Um, and it's just like, just, just everything to me just seems, you know, bigger and better in, in every sense, really. So it's a bit intimidating to us, if you like. Other than yeah, applying kind of for like national, island. other than Sorry. applying for National Geographic, Rich, was there a point to this question? Yeah, no, there, there <laughs> actually is. So uh, I often watch the Premier League. I watch the Championship. They talk about these long road trips that the fans oh, yeah. have taken um, across England, oh, yeah. across across Europe. And so, just for some perspective, from London 
to Moscow, which is a pretty lo- normal trip in the in the, um, the Champions League, yeah. is less than two thousand miles. The Sounders fly to New York from Seattle at least once a year, sometimes twice for matches. It's twenty eight hundred miles. Like the equivalent crazy. is the, the equivalent is like flying from the Canary Islands to um, to Moscow, and that's still less a less of a distance. Like if you superimpose. A map. So anyway, my I guess one of my, my thoughts is I think that Jordan Morris is really, really well suited for the the strain of the championship season just because he's used to brutal travel. There's no travel yeah. like like MLS's travel. I mean, even Russia with their league is it's like the eastern half of the United States, geographically speaking, where anyone lives in Russia. So um, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty optimistic about that. Um, and um, I don't know. I'm just I, I'm a really hopeful. He's a he's a tough kid. That's kind of a, a catchphrase here in Seattle with the with our our head coach, our manager. He likes to call all of his players tough kids. But um, he's he's a hopefully hopefully he gets to flourish and, and, and is really a big contributor for you on your trip. Hopefully up to the, the premiership uh, for next next season. Hope so as well. Yeah. Well, I'm so happy. I'm so happy we got a geography report from Rich today on the size of Swansea City, the population, the the cultural background. Okay, all right. Anyway, we're these are things that our fans need to know. I mean, people are demanding this. (laughs) Yeah, we 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 love a bit of geography. Uh, before we close it out, guys, because um, I really want you to promote your YouTube channel, Twitter, whatever you guys have on social media, tell me what your favorite drink is. You said you mentioned drinks. I want to know what your drink of choice is. For me, alcoholic-wise, because some drink right now, I drink cider, <laughs> um, okay. which is kind of like a fruity alcohol. Not sort of like beer, but made with like fruit, um, same sort of percentage of alcohol in it. But yeah, I like sweet stuff really. So that's my my go-to is cider. Yeah, so I'm quite uh, I'm quite opposite. So I absolutely I absolutely hate cider. So me and <laughs> Luke, who we've 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 known each other for many years, and he tried to get Some me to stories. drink cider, and every night I have drunk cider has been a, a bad ending. Uh, but no, for me, I I, I love uh, any any lager and beer, and I've actually sort of got into. Uh, a lot of a lot of craft beer, so I like a lot of a lot of local stuff. So, like for example, now we've got um, uh, a local brewery in Swansea, Gower Brewery. So they do their own ales, which is what I'm drinking today. A Gower, a Gower Gold beer. So that's that's my favorite at the moment. Nice, appreciate you sharing that. You guys care to promote your YouTube channel and all your social media? Um, yeah. Okay. Cheers. So, if you want to follow us on YouTube to check out similar stuff to this, I guess where we talk about Swansea. Um, it's just Swans Cast on YouTube, and to be honest, the Twitter handle is pretty much the same. It's just Swans Cast Media. Unfortunately, Swans Cast was taken, but we also have an Instagram as well and a Facebook group. Same name. Okay, okay. Um, we like to every week when we finish our podcast, we do this thing called shoutouts. I mean, we all go through and shout out to whatever to your wife or to your girlfriend or. Or, or to someone else's Dale wife Mariner. or someone else's girlfriend. Someone else's. <laughs> <laughs> we would love Yourself, it if you, Luke and Lee, do you guys have a quick shout out to anybody? Yeah, okay. Um, I'll I'll shout out my, my recently um, 
recently become a wife because it is Valentine's Day tomorrow. So yeah, shout out to Nia Davis now, who is who's recently become my wife last month. So yeah, quite newly married. Congrats. Thank you. Cheers. I'll go. Uh, I'll go a little bit different, which may be uh, the end of my relationship, but I won't shout out. <laughs> um, no, I love. I love a, I love a quick shout out to uh, my sister Amy Stadden, who's uh, recently qualified this year as a nurse, who's been fighting the pandemic. So I think she deserves a, a shout out. Definitely. Outstanding. How about you, Ridge? Yeah, I'm going to shout out to uh, someone that made a big impact in me. This is a, a hello and welcome. Sticker, I guess we're not doing it on video, but uh, it's uh, my love, uh, my 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 re-engagement with soccer, with with football, um, and 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 a, a deeper love for the game came through um, uh, an Englishman, actually, uh, the late Taylor Rockwell and his partner, American partner, uh, or sorry, the other way around, the late uh, Daryl Grove and his American partner, uh, Taylor Rockwell, who did a another podcast uh, called the Total Soccer Show, and they. Um, Daryl was a huge fan of, of Wolves and just talked nonstop about them. Um, but their, their, their love of Major League Soccer and then bringing me into a deeper appreciation of the Premier League and the Championship um, has just given me um, a lot of joy year-round that I can uh, turn on a game basically any day of the, of the year and, and watch soccer. And I'm, I'm so happy to see a local a local boy get to go across the ocean and, and play so that's my shout out. right on uh, my quick shout out for all you baseball fans out there is uh dustin pedrea he uh, he played for the red Sox for about 15 years and he's my favorite player of all time and in fact i even named my cat after dustin pedrea so and Matt and Abraham remind me every day <laughs> i'm a stalker so <laughs> we can talk about that another time but I just want to give a shout out to him. Best of luck in retirement. And thanks again, guys, for joining us. It's all right. No, no problem. Thanks for having oh, us. Pleasure. My, uh, thanks, thanks for having us. My shout out, by the way, is to Lee and Luke. Thank you guys for being on the show. And to uh, maybe Rich and Brian's wives. Tomorrow's Valentine's Day, you heartless ghouls. Maybe you <laughs> ought to give a shout out to them. Maybe like, all right, fine. I'll do it. That's all right. No. It's <laughs> But that's all right. Okay. Uh, we're going to end the show. And uh, once again, check us out on our podcast here on Podbean, on iTunes, on Spotify as well. Check out our Twitter at Seattle Sports U. Go check us out on Facebook. Like us. We're likable. I think we're likable. And we'll see you guys next Thursday.